0: What's going on, guys? Welcome to the show. Welcome back. It's another episode of Action Movie Anatomy here on a Wednesday afternoon. We're on the Popcorn Talk Network. We are talking about The Crow. This movie, holy crap. Feels like every single comic book movie is based on this movie. We're going to talk all about it. We're going to break it down for you guys. We'll see you in just one quick second. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Action Movie Anatomy. Boom! Ooh. Fire it up! Fire it up! Oh yeah. gosh, this song is great. I love Stevie Wonder. This yeah, is me so too. good, dude. Sometimes this song like hits me in a different way. Even yeah. though it's always excellent, sometimes I'm like, <laughs> yeah, right. I'm ready to go. Could have been that we were talking. You want to flip Schmodown. a table? I'm ready to or, yeah. go. Dude, Last night <laughs> I had a couple drinks in me, and my god, was I f- spewing venom all over the movie trivia showdown page? I saw that. Yeah, I John and I went head to head. Yeah, I saw that. I destroyed him. <laughs> it was brutal for him. <laughs> He should have been embarrassed. He <laughs> was embarrassed. I even said it at one point. Stop embarrassing yourself. Just kidding. Hey, John. Uh, what's up, everybody? Welcome back. It's uh, it's it's the Popcorn Talk Network. We're talking action movies here. I do so many shows on different networks that I almost just said it's ten minutes of modern to this camera. It's ten I minutes. I literally of modern. caught myself. And we're going to talk about why that card <laughs> did not get banned. Is that <laughs> isn't that something I saw in the post? Here you the saw something about a post. I pay attention. Yeah. Uh, so this is this is Action Movie Anatomy on the Popcorn Talk Network, the online broadcast network dedicated to talking movies, pop culture, and doing it by the bucketful. We are. Uh, we're here to talk about The Crow. This is episode number... I have no idea. Like 130-something, oh, 100, like Something. something. Right? Yeah, maybe around 130 episodes. And um, Paul DiNuzzo... This is for you, man. Yes, this is your this is episode, your dude. This is the, Paul is a general in, in the action, action army. army on the Patreon, right? Yep. So he uh, he became a general, and one of the perks of being a general is that uh, periodically you get to suggest a movie for the show, and uh, as long as it fits within the confines of what we deem appropriate, yeah, we do the movie. And, and so uh, we had we had been the crow had been suggested for decades, and I mean decades <laughs> for like literally, for literally every episode, ten years, and and we would have never done it. I'm I don't almost so. positive we would have never done it. I literally saw this movie the year it came out, and I didn't see it after. My babysitter showed me this movie probably the year it came out on video, and it scared the shit out of me. I was six. It was I, horrifying. I remember as little about a movie as you can remember it about this movie. Yeah. Um, but so Paul Denuso, who has, uh, he's a general in the Action Army, Paul and Andrew Hayes are the two guys. Uh, for Andrew, we did um, a movie did we do for him a couple weeks ago. We just did, two weeks ago... Why can't I remember? A good movie. <laughs> it was a great movie. This is how busy we are. Is yeah. We can't even remember what we did, like, what two weeks What movie ago. did we talk about? Oh, two... oh yeah, yeah. We oh, yeah, It was too. The Raid 2. Yeah, which I watched sweet. a lot. Thank you, Marissa. Mar- Marissa pays attention. Yeah, she's Marissa on Serafini it. in the booth. And then, so, Paul pick the crow and here we are and here we are we're going to talk about the crow so uh 1994 directed by Alex Proyas this movie is influential everybody talks about how instrumental this movie was in kind of superhero and comic book movies becoming darker mm-hmm. uh and going in that direction though it took a long time there's a lot to talk about there um we are going to talk about all of that, but if you want to follow along in the conversation, you can find me at ben Bateman Media on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, you guys can find me at AndrewGuy on and those same two platforms. We have a Facebook fan page that was started by a few of our, our wonderful fans, and a uh, big shout-out to Richard Eric Jarvie also, who oh, yeah. uh, just became, uh, what's, what's this? I think it's a Commodore. Is it a Commodore? I think it's Commodore. Yeah. We were excited when we came up with those we titles, were, yeah. but I wish I had them in front of me. <laughs> so welcome to, welcome to the higher level of the Action Army on the Patreon, Richard. And um, he will be calling in on the show within the next next probably month yeah. depending on which episode he wants to call in on it's one of the perks of becoming a commodore but uh, uh he and several of other of the longtime supporters of the show started the action movie Anatomy facebook page so you yeah. guys can go and you can join a conversation there's like 1200 people on there now uh there's vote there's voting up right now for the official fan awards which is a jonas tiger yeah uh, yeah, yeah it's like his his thing so i voted on all of them now yeah, there's sure a lot of great them. great categories on there and then um yeah we're also going to have a. Uh, Paul's going to call in today. Yeah. Sweet. One of the first, I think it's the first time we've ever had someone call in. Maybe, yeah, this will be certainly, and uh, and we're excited to hear, yeah. uh, we, we definitely had a conversation about some of the segments that he wanted to see on here, so we're going to talk a little bit about a recast with him, Andrew and I have our recast coming up later on the show, we also are going to be talking about some of the, the most fringe comic book based movies oh, that people yeah. don't talk about as much, uh, and we are also going to be doing all the normal things, fist pump moment thesis, so I suggest we get straight into the show here, uh, let's, uh, you know what, actually before we do, because we did mention the Patreon, and I want everybody listening or watching to know exactly where they can find that. Okay. That is patreon.com slash Team Action. And every single week, uh, we are continuing to do this show and, and the Movie Trivia Schmodown. But on top of that, Andrew and I are doing additional content that's available on that Patreon. So, uh, you know, last week there was some Schmodown match predictions. This week we're going to have our most anticipated movies of 2018 list. Yeah, and not the ones that, sh- we're not just going to be like Black Panther, Infinity Wars. We're going to talk about some of the other ones. That aren't quite as mainstream. I think I say Deadpool two like two like five times in the yeah. beginning. Yeah, there's like movies, <laughs> mo- movies like Annihilation and Blockers and Mission Impossible yeah. Six and movies like that we're really excited for. So, so we talk about that. That'll go up today. Mi yeah. six. Yeah. yeah. Well, we, I can't we might even. just do a trailer reaction on Mi six on the Patreon. Yeah, we probably should just do we, it, we will. That movie looks amazing. <laughs> um, so let's get straight into our first segment, and that is going to be watching the trailer. People once believed that when someone dies carries their soul to the land of the dead. But sometimes, it's pretty gnarly opening. It is. Just like murder, work, rape, no small. reason. Yeah. Wrong right. It is interesting in 94 how old this movie is and how like a lot of the effects have aged obviously and it's super super stylized but it is before this is totally before our like modern day comic book movie genre oh 100% this was significantly (laughs) before almost a decade before it broke out they didn't even refer to this as a comic book movie back then because people just didn't care did I, I always thought that like Sting the wrestler came and finished the movie out when I was a kid That didn't happen. I know. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) because of his face paint looks kind of similar. Man, I was young.
1: (laughs) That was pretty sure.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yep, and the Dark Knight rises. Yep. Yep. Yeah, there's a lot of. Uh, allusions to things that happen much later in comic book movies. Yeah, well, I think there's clearly a lot that's borrowed from this movie. So um, that is the trailer for The Crow. We're going to get straight into the show here with our very first segment, and this is going to be thesis statement. So when this movie comes up in conversation, somebody says to you, what do you think? This is your biggest, boldest thought. The only this, the greatest this. The reason for this is this. Yep. Uh, and you want to kind of hold court at a party. You want to share your thought. That's what this is. Yep. Um, and so I'm going to jump in first with mine. I thought about a lot about this because... Really, I wanted to make sure that I understood what I was saying enough. Um this movie, you know, we were both very young when this came out. Mm-hmm. So we were not old enough to experience this movie the way that, like, a lot of our friends over at, you know, Screen Junkies Collider, these 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 folks who are maybe, like, a couple of years older than us, remember this movie coming out. Yeah, and even or even if you and I had watched this movie, let's say we saw it the first time when we were, like, seven or eight, and then we watched it a bunch when we were early teens, and then yeah. we, we came back to it now that we're almost 30, it, we'd have a much different uh, feeling towards it. So, affection. Um, so there's sort of, a, like, a revisionist uh, history with this movie. People, You know, if you were a young person watching this now, I think it, it hits you in a different place. And so this is what I think about this movie. Um... This film will never get the due it deserves as the inspirational work that it was because it's overshadowed by the death of Brandon Lee and forever will be remembered for that one reason. And, and what I found as I was researching it, watching it, thinking about it was that this movie, so many movies in this comic book genre not even just comic book genre, but like filmmaking, owe a lot to this movie. This movie was very influential, stylish. It looks and and does so many things well that movies we see so so much more often now do, but it's, they're so much more polished. This movie's so raw, yeah. Um, and I think because of anytime the crows ever come up in my lifetime in conversation, it's always just about the fact that Brandon Lee died while filming it. It's like. It's almost an impossible thing to avoid in conversation. It's actually, Paul is going to call in. One of the questions that he submitted to us was, is it possible to talk about this film without it just immediately becoming a conversation about the passing of Brandon Lee? And I don't think you can. No, absolutely not. Because I think for most people out there, I mean, you and I have put in a lot of work and a lot of time on analyzing movies. And because of that, we're able to see exactly what this movie has done for films nowadays. Yeah, Most people won't. Right. You know, even, even really quickly to just just the trailer and the burning of the crow and you go Punisher, Dark Knight, XX, X, you know, XYZ. Right. Even then you're like, oh yeah, shit, I didn't even think about that. You know, and so you can't imagine like the other, the, the multiple other levels that it hits on and then um, and then people just don't pay attention to that. So I think, yeah, I think that the, the passing of Brandon Lee and the tragedy involved with his death, which I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit when we actually get to the second about his career, uh, is so impossible to not talk about that I think this movie is remembered for that reason, almost in that reason only. Yeah. You have to really engage people and, and talk to people and, like, really, you know, I think this was number 41 on Collider's Top 50 Superhero Movies. Yeah. And uh, that that's an interesting piece because you see people who, a lot of people who watched this as it came out, really talking about the impact that it had at the time. And, you know, Brandon Lee's passing is barely mentioned in there, uh, which is intentional, I'm sure, because it's, that's, the, that's where the conversation inevitably always goes. Yeah, and we had someone here in the chat that was like, uh, I can't remember who said it in here. Someone was... They were complaining there. They don't like that they, they marketed it as his last performance. You know, it's just kind of like a selling point. Uh, also, happy birthday to Jeffrey Peters out there. I believe it is your birthday, from what I gather. Happy birthday, man. You're a big fan, and we love you watching. Um, so for me, my thesis is much less about the actual movie. And yeah. It's more about Michael Wincott. So sweet. So Michael Wincott, for me... Uh, Was one of my favorite villains of all time as Rochefort in the Three Musketeers. (laughs) I'm serious, man. He's so good in it. He's got he's missing an eye. Yeah, he's got the raspy voice, and he's like, there's just something about him that's that's so good and so evil. Yeah, I don't understand why his career didn't skyrocket in the '90s. I think that this guy should have been top five, top three villains in the '90s. Hundred percent. It's totally true. He's he's I I honestly think he's the best part of this movie. He's so good in this. And oh, oh my god, what is that? Do we have a call in coming? Oh my god, in the middle of my thesis. Paul, is that you, man? It is. What's oh. up, dude? Welcome to the show. Welcome to AMA, Paul. Boom! <laughs> yeah. Boom! That's right, man. Dude, are you enjoying us talking about the crow?
1: Loving it, man. Loving it. I have so, so many memories of my, uh, my senior year in high school, and I saw this like <laughs> 20 times in the theaters, I think.
0: So so this movie came out when you were in high school, and that is is that why you have such a great nostalgia? Is that why you picked this movie over any other movie in the whole catalog of action movies that we could cover? Is that why it's this one? This has got to be the one. I mean, I grew up
1: being a huge Star Wars fan. That was my child, but Star Wars and everything else. Um, but when I hit high school, I, I went to the action, I went comic book. A lot of different styles of movies. This one really hit it all, including martial arts films, too. I had a, a group of friends who used to watch all sorts of old martial arts films. And so, of course, Brandon Lee, Son of Bruce Lee. Ah. And then uh, so this one really kind of sunk in for me. I was like, everything just hit home at the right moment for me.
0: It, we were just saying before the show that it's so interesting that, like, if you were to show this movie today to somebody who's in high school with no context as a film fan, it feels like it's from a different, like, not even just an era, like it almost world. feels like it's from a different planet. It looks and feels so, so stylized in a way that if you're not looking for all of the inspiration that we're obviously paying attention to, it's it's like you miss so many of the most important things about it. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. And so to, to piggyback on that, Paul, since we're right in the middle of it, what's your thesis statement, brother? Oh, my thesis statement. Uh,
1: I'd have to say, had it not been for the tragedy of Brandon Lee's death, this film would have been the first big step towards establishing him as maybe the premier action hero. And I mean that, like, he had the martial arts chops, and this showed his steps towards almost a dramatic role. I mean, it's not, obviously, it's stylized, it's comic book, but there's there's that seed there that he could have been something really great as a crossover action dramatic star in the 90s. I love it.
0: Yeah, I, absolutely. And, I mean, that's that's very similar uh, in, in spirit to kind of what I was saying, which is that, like, I don't really think it's possible to talk about this movie. I know you asked this question without the passing of Brandon Lee coming up. And that, I think, actually overshadows the legacy this movie should have as the influential piece of work that it is.
1: Absolutely. It's almost like two different legacies. There's the Brandon Lee, the passing, of the sadness, of it. Even what it did for film safety because of uh, what happened, it being on set and everything else. Right. But as, as, as an aside... Besides uh, that, it also has a legacy as a comic book movie that, like Christopher Nolan, got influenced by. If you see, watch The Dark Knight. You watch Heath Ledger, yeah, and his Joker role. There's like so many similarities. Like the boardroom scene where Joker comes up and talks to the boardroom, or whatever. There, it's just some reminiscent of the very scene in here where Eric Draven sits on uh, top dollar's table and has it out with him or whatever. There's also
0: that line where uh, Wincott is talking and he says, you know, he's like, uh, what's he say? He's like, chaos, anarchy. There's a line in there that sounds very similar to something that Ledger says in the movie.
1: Right, exactly. I think Nolan had definite influence that way. So, I mean, it's amazing. I think that's not known... As much to influence as it should be. Like, you kind of connect the dots, like, oh, yeah, I see that. Oh, I see that. Yeah, I kept but. saying
0: more and more things that were kind of opening my eyes. And to speak more on your thesis, I think as an audience in, in America and in the world, we have this fascination with the Lee family, kind of like we do with the Kennedy family. Yeah. In film, especially, I mean, obviously in film because that's what they do, but like, I think for us, Bruce Lee was taken from us too soon, right? It felt like, and we wanted him for so much longer. So when Brandon Lee came out and you saw you saw his dad in him, you saw the charisma, you saw the bad. Where you saw the confidence and you were like, holy shit, we're actually going to get it again. Right. We're going to get Bruce Lee for longer. Like We're going to get in a different version. And then he was taken away from us too soon. It's just so hard for us as an audience to let go of that because I feel like we all lost something. I heard a story about Brandon Ooh, Lee yeah. and uh, stop me if you've heard this one before, but um, the guy I know... Or guy, friend of a friend, talked about being in an acting class in, in the early '90s or like late '80s out in LA, and he was thinking about being an actor and he was really going for it. And it's like early on in the class, and Brandon Lee's in the class, and so the teacher says, uh, "I want you guys to to you know co- come up here in front of everybody and show us your most vulnerable moments. So people are going up and they're telling you know, monologues or sharing their stories. Brandon Lee walks up there drops his pant takes his dick out starts jerking off in front of everybody oh shit and everybody's totally taken aback what is going on and uh and it's like he's like what do you think like you think that i have a more vulnerable moment than this and the the guy who i know was like yep i'm done i'm not an actor i can't i can never i am never gonna be able to do this i can't get to that level and that was it and he stopped acting damn dude i might have quit acting right then in there too (laughs) that is insane that's uh, a
1: great story. Uh, yeah. So,
0: Paul, we have this segment on our show. It's called Fist Pump Moment. And that's that moment when you're watching a movie and something happens. You look around. You're like, oh, my God. Are you guys seeing this? Yeah. this is this actually happening right now? You want to you wanna stop the movie. You want to rewind it. You want to call your buddy be like, Ben, I don't care what you're doing right now. Turn on the crow. Ten minutes in. Yeah. Just shut up and watch it. And, I'm dude, I'm cooking dinner. The steak's going to overcook. The food is going to be there. Yeah. The movie will not. Yeah. Even though the movie will. Uh, so that moment, Paul, is our fist pump moment, brother. And what is your fist pump moment? Oh, God, there's so many. There's so many. But uh, <laughs>
1: if, if I had to pick one, I mean, Beyond the Screwing with Fun Boy was a big one. The whole scene with Tin was a big one. My favorite moment I always went back to was that moment when he starts putting on the makeup and The Cure starts playing, the burn song by The Cure. Right. He stands mm-hmm. in that window where he's been thrown out of, the lightning flashes. And you're like, Oh damn. And She's it's going to get now
0: it's like real it's like it's very similar to the the lightning flash to the uh, batman animated series you know in the opening when he's standing up on the building mm-hmm. and it flashes and you see batman right for a second. exactly yeah which is only a couple years earlier it's just funny like there was this real gothic flair to to a lot of movies around this era which it was just very it's so stylized and it's just funny like that sort of gothic horror thing it became less and less and less pronounced as we went forward. But there's a lot and there's similarities in a ton of movies. Tim Burton does it in 89 Batman. Obviously, the the fight at the end is very similar to the fight at the end of this. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's excellent. Uh, we'll be sharing our fist bump moments uh, in, in just a moment. But uh, before before we get to that, I do want to know we had asked you about recast. Uh, Drew and I had both prepared our recasts and we're going to save ours for the end of the show. But this is your opportunity to share yours on air if you're interested in doing it.
1: Oh, absolutely, I'll do that. Um I kind of put my uh head together and came up with an interesting cast list, I think. Um I guess I'll start with we did Micah, or the uh violin character. Yeah 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 you can how, like, the bad guys are not really named sometimes. <laughs> my top dollar is actually never named in the movie. Yeah, they never say until after like the credits. Um but I say Micah, I was gonna put uh I'm not even sure how to pronounce it, but Liu Yifei. What's that the one? uh Nenu
0: Milan oh, oh, sure. one. Oh sure, kingdom and stuff. Uh, what about for uh, Michael Wincott, the main villain?
1: This is the one I had an interesting time with. I kind of wanted to shift it a little bit from what it was. He had his long hair, top hat kind of thing. I wanted to try something a little bit more almost cerebral with it Giancarlo Esposito.
0: Oh, sweet. Oh, yes. Saul, yes, dude. I yeah. love that. Not Saul. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, Gus. Gus, there you go. Yeah. Gus Fring. Yeah. That is so good. Okay, man. Uh, so we also <laughs> had, we also recast Ernie. Who'd you throw in as Ernie? Kind of like a. F- like a tertiary but awesome character. Yeah, good cop.
1: The kid, the cop. Oh uh, yeah, Albrecht. I went with this. I, I don't. I, he might be too big for the role, but I kind of liked where his head could be at. I just watched Taken Three yesterday, so it worked. Forest Whitaker.
0: <laughs> oh, dude, that's great. Classic, classic, classic Forest Whitaker cop role. Yeah, solid. If, Rock if, they were solid. if they were to remake The Crow, he would definitely come back and do yeah, it. He for sure. hasn't been doing a whole lot lately. No. And then who do you got for well, your for guy. your main guy for your Brandon Lee for the Crow?
1: That was always the toughest role because how can I really replace him? Because just like from everything we've said, so it's really so, you know, his his movie in a way for everything. But going with what I got now, I'm going to go with Adam Driver.
0: Oh, Oh, interesting. He's got yeah, he's got like a really interesting face and personality. He's like he's not just like your average like leading man. That's actually a really really good recast. Yeah, that's an awesome recast. Mine is definitely not as good as that. (laughs) Yeah, my my recast is far more predictable. But uh, spoiler, I just kept Ernie Hudson in the same role. Yeah, Yeah, right. Uh, All right. So I wouldn't mind that either. (laughs) I think Er I honestly think Ernie Hudson and Bylin could just do the same thing again. (laughs) Yeah, they could just totally come back. Um, But I did change it. Uh, so, Paul, before we let you go, man, is there anything else that you want to talk about about the Crow? Any other question you want us to address on air? Is there anything you want to say you want to shout out your family? Is there anything else you want, brother?
1: Oh, that's about it at this point. I guess I'm good. I want to thank the Action Army. You know, it's always a great place to hang out on the Facebook.
0: Thank you. Um, both
1: Action Army and Action Anatomy. Uh, both states state have been awesome to me. They've been a very positive community. and um, My family, especially my son, Tyler, uh, Villager Films he does minecraft stuff he's 11 years old excellent <laughs> <it>.
0: that's awesome <laughs>
1: uh so uh actually that's that's great and i thank you guys very much man just keep doing what you're doing it's it's phenomenal to hear you guys in both your real persona and of course your <laughs> kick-ass persona yeah, <laughs>
0: look we- out for 2018 man it's going to be season five of sd is going to be huge for us huge yeah it's going to be a crazy one oh I'm uh, po- wait uh <laughs> wait Paul, thank you so much, man. Thank you so much for being a general in the Action Army. Thanks for calling in. This was so fun. I know Ben and I had a great time. And uh, you're the first one ever. So welcome to the the show. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. All right, brother. Take it easy. See you, bud. Take care. That was fun. That was awesome. That was way awesome. Yeah. I feel like I don't even have to work anymore. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That was great. Paul, again, thank you so much, man. I know the fans enjoyed it. If you look at the chat. And you got yourself a little segment you can just toss out to all your friends. You're like, hey, I was on a, I was on Action Movie Anatomy. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, anybody listening to the show, obviously, uh, the way to call in, actually, is you don't even have to go as high as a general. You get to pick your movie and call in if you're a general. Yeah. But uh, if you... I think it's Commodore. It's the Commodore level is how you call in. So uh, check out that, patreon.com slash teamaction. Check out the stuff on there. And, uh, yeah, you know, get some. All right, let's talk a little <laughs> bit more about the show. Hard up! So uh, next up, we are going to do our particular fist pump moments to yeah. follow up Paul's. Um, do you want to start with yours? Uh, yeah, I will, and it was just, it was really quick, and it was really simple, it should be my favorite line, but I actually have another line that I liked more. But it was when the dude comes back, he's like, he stuck all of his blades and all of his organs in alphabetical order. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yes! And I was like, did I hear that right? I was like, I had to. I rewound it. Yeah. And I was like, I did hear that right. I had to write it down. It was, Brandon it was, Lee's like, I'm going to stick these blades in your organs. He's like, appendix aorta is appendix is P before O. Hold on a second. <laughs> yeah, so that, that made me die laughing. It was also just like... Well, it's pretty brutal. It's pretty brutal. Yeah, it's pretty gnarly. Yeah, they do. I, one of the things I loved about the villains in this movie is that they're just like classic—they're bad dudes. Like, yeah. there's no like there's no like redeeming qualities. About they're just these guys. soulless evil just things, scum. And they're like it's also like the heroin aspect is like very early '90s. Yeah, it's like grunge and long hair and heroin. It's like. That one scene where uh, he takes the... And and, the, and, the, and it comes out of her veins. And she's just, so like, fixed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was pretty awesome. That was pretty cool. And I also liked, then the next scene when the daughter was kind of shit, the mom reverted back to being evil, or, like, not giving a yeah, shit, yeah. and then they kind of, like, they... Yeah, she has the moment. peace. Yeah, it's great. It needed um, to happen. All right, so I have two. I have a silly one and an awesome one. My awesome one is that I think the shootout at the end is awesome. I mean, it's, it's it is really, awesome. really good, yeah. and uh, it's kind of brutal. It's reminiscent in a lot of ways of Matrix stuff. It feels like it's pretty inspired by. Wouldn't surprise me at all if those guys drew a lot from The Crow. Um, those girls drew a lot from The Crow. My apologies. Yeah, um, yes, that's true. Yes, um, and uh, I was and like, I. Th- what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. yeah my bad. And um, I think that that's I think that that's really like an interesting part of the film because. It was a pretty low budget overall. I mean, this is just over $20 million. We'll get to it in a little bit. But they they had to do a lot with a little in this movie. Um, they wanted to make a $30 million movie, and they were trying to make it on, like, 18. It crept up to 22. But um, I think that shootout is pretty well executed. Yeah, it is. It is, and it's it's gnarly. And I was watching it, and I was like, damn, I could see how something could go wrong here. Yeah, Just because there's so many working parts. There's so many... I mean, just, yeah, there's so many working parts. That with human error, that with prop guns it it's just yeah it's just really sad but that scene is badass yeah it seems really cool now my my kind of silly one is the guitar playing on the roof um but just because like talk about like 90s talk about like just stylized yeah. 90s it was like this like dude with face paint and like leather pants and he's Played like a guitar. band dude and he's playing like like this moody electric guitar on the yeah. top of a building then he <laughs> destroys the guitar yeah. yeah. it's just like There was, like, this real, like, this guy's a rock star, but he's also a villain, but but he's also a superhero. Excuse me, yeah, one of my first fist pumps was when he grabs the guitar in the pawn shop, because I was just like, why is he grabbing the guitar? But it was like, yes, he's grabbing the guitar. He's grabbing the guitar. (laughs) He wants the parts of his old life. Um, Did you, by the way, like, pick up on just how much Spawn clearly just wants to be the crow. Yes, yeah. I mean, that's just that is the for me. That was the biggest takeaway of any comic book movie pulling from this was just like this Spawn was just trying to be the crow. What two years? Three, later? I later think. Two years later? Ninety six? Could be ninety seven. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's like literally two years later. But what's so funny is that Spawn is this movie for me. That you... I watched Spawn religiously. Yeah, as a kid. Yeah, man, I loved it. Leguizamo <laughs> like and Michael J. White and everything. It was like. It was just a good movie for me, and I, I think seen a it's moved like that since Al Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> I literally think it's just The Crow for me, but like three years later, but because a horrible was, movie. Yeah, whereas whereas the really crow, bad. The whereas Crow was actually crow is very good. It's actually good. Yes yes, 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 yes. That is part of it. Um, so, so uh, yeah. Anyway, that's. Uh, I think those are my two. I just, it just there was just something so like awesomely iconic. My other thing, and I thought about using this as my thesis, but that just felt like way over the top. Is that I'm pretty sure Tommy Wiseau in the room just loved this movie. <laughs> I know you texted me that last night. I just start, I started laughing. I was like, yeah, totally. Legit. He must have. Like, he must have thought this was the best ever. Because like, think about it, like with Tommy's hair and like what he wore yeah. and everything. The crawl's is based off of me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it just seems like alive. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that's like very melodramatic in this movie, and like that's Tommy to a, just to a just to a T. What's his girlfriend's name? It's not Lisa, is it? No, no it's Kelly or something. It's it's um, uh, Lisa. It, I wish it was I Lisa. I can't remember it right uh, now. All right, so we're going <laughs> to... That's a good one. Uh, so we're going to move on to Star Profiles <laughs> Shelly, here. maybe? Shelly. Shelley. Yeah, yeah Shelly's right. Um, we'll talk with <laughs> talk about my boy first, Michael Wincott. Sweet. Uh, he did 1492 Conquest to Paradise, mm-hmm. and then he did Romeo is Bleeding, and then he did the all-time classic The Three Musketeers, which I did quiz you last night. That's an all-star cast in the 90s. Yeah, it is. It's uh, huge. What did we say? Chris O'Donnell, Kiefer Sutherland, Charlie Sheen someone else oliver platt, oliver platt and yeah, tim yeah. curry yeah it's a big one yeah, It's huge, a sh- huge one um i don't know who directed it though i can't remember i can't remember oh i did god I did, i'm so bad with it. i just keep forgetting um but anyway so michael wincott uh based off my thesis he's one of my favorite villains in the 90s and it's because i mean i obviously have nostalgia with him because of three musketeers but i didn't remember the crow and you go back and like he said i think he's the best part of it very clearly he's like, like he's like believable he's like pretty evil he's funny He's got really good comic timing as a villain. Yeah. Yeah, um, he does. He's kinda he kind of executes on all levels that, that you would want your villain like in that role to be. Like evil, doesn't care, confident, funny, has swagger. I love I love that he kind of dresses like like by the time the movie's over and he's wearing like the full-on outfit with the sword and like all of it, you're <laughs> yeah. like, this is a comic book villain outfit. But in the beginning when I first saw him, I didn't quite realize it because it looked like he was just kind of wearing a suit and it was like a 90s suit. Yeah, because they're like like in this weird place where they set the town on fire once a year and it's just like, where where are they? But by the end of it, he's like a three musketeer basically. Yeah, exactly, which (laughs) is why I love when he stabs a dude in the throat because it's very reminiscent of the three musketeers. he goes straight through his throat that's a brutal yeah, that's kill a, that's a brutal kill that was almost my first fist bump because of um, him being in the three musketeers um, so then you look at brandon lee's career and i actually haven't seen any of these movies he Nor did, have I. um <clears throat> laser mission in 1989 showdown in little tokyo in 1991 and rapid fire in 92 showdown's the one that gets referenced a lot people mm-hmm. talk about that movie that's that was a, a pretty well-liked movie um, but it's a martial arts movie he was a kung fu guy like he was not a or a martial arts guy, I should say, more more, more yeah. generally, because I'm not super, super aware. Jeet Kune Do was his father's uh, martial arts. Yeah, <laughs> and he and he was well-known, and, and there was obviously a lot of hype with him crossing over in this role and the tragedy that befell him on set. Uh, anybody who's watching or listening and is kind of unaware of exactly what happened, I read about it, so basically there's two different kinds of uh, prop guns that are used in movies, yeah. and and now, as Paul mentioned... The rules have all changed now. You can't point guns at people anymore with blanks. You point them off to the side. It's all filmed in a way that that, that doesn't happen the same way as it used to. Because uh, basically, one of them is has like a effectively like a bullet in it, but there's nothing to propel the bullet. Yeah, that's so, a blank. Yeah, no, a blank is just gunpowder. Oh, so, okay, but it still shoots out. Uh, it still shoots out fragments. Like, if you get shot by a blank up close... Oh, really? Like, they do in Inber for instance. He shoots him in the eye, yeah. and he's blind, because it's just a, enough of a burst. Oh, I didn't know that. nothing actually comes out. Yeah, so... Like, the, yeah. With, with the first one, there's nothing to propel the ball. But so, basically, there was a misfire, so the ball that's in there got lodged in the tip of the gun. The gun was then used a week later as a gun-shooting blank, and so oh, because it had a fuck, ball in and the, had the... And it was stuck in the gun, it shot, a basically, a bullet... Into Brandon Lee, up yeah. close, and it's the guy that shot him is um, uh, Michael Massey, I think is the actor's name, but it's the guy who's doing heroin with the mom. Yeah, uh, and he was so traumatized after obviously that he didn't he didn't consider anything in acting for a year, and still to this day wakes up dreaming about it, has nightmares about it, considered quitting acting. Um, was cleared of all wrongdoing in the end. The production company settled eventually with Brandon Lee's mom for like three million dollars. But just like one of the all time. Just, like, saddest fuck-ups in Hollywood. Ever. Ever. It's just crazy, the idea that filming a movie, somebody was actually shot with a gun. Yeah, like, like, another one, one of the biggest ones is, like, Reeves and and the horse, but that's that's an animal. You can't control an animal. Yeah. A prop is meant to be controlled. Yeah, right. Um, uh, Denuso, our boy, who's a pro on this, said, and the scene went on for a few minutes because they thought he was acting. Yeah. Um, Which is just... Just one of the saddest things. Um, my mom was really heartbroken. My mom loved Bruce Lee. Was yeah, like, she, it was like my mom was in love with Bruce Lee and Elvis. Those were the yeah. two men. And then when Bruce Lee and Elvis both died, and she she like loved Brandon Lee, and she yeah. was heartbroken when this happened. So, that, um, so have I ever told you the story? By the way, that uh, in the about him in acting class. No. Tell it again. <laughs> Good story. <laughs> it's a great story. Yeah, yeah, do yeah. I know the person, or do you don't want to say their name right now? Uh, you probably don't know. We'll keep it. Okay. You know, we'll keep yeah. It yeah but uh, my dad in the late 60s was the um, president of the student body at UCLA where he went to school Okay. Um, for two years. Really? So That's cool. Yeah, yeah. So he booked all of, like, the on-campus events. He would, like, he booked Jimi Hendrix. He booked the doors. like, um, And Bruce Lee, around that time, I don't know if Bruce Lee went to UCLA or he was just local. But my dad <clears> mentioned at a, a frat party once, uh, Bruce Lee kicked the ceiling. It was <laughs> like a stunt. He kicked the ceiling. Yeah, he could do that. He, like, vo- he, like jump kicked yeah straight up and kicked the fucking ceiling I've seen him do this on a, like in a video yeah. like yeah it's the dude was if you go watch Bruce Lee like videos of him like playing ping pong or doing one-fingered push-ups or just anything yeah. the guy was superhuman yeah it was unbelievable crazy um <clears throat> so yeah that's it with Brandon Lee's career and we kind of talked about it with Paul um you can't talk about this movie without mentioning Brandon Lee's death it's just and, impossible and it's really mm. really sad because it is a con- it almost makes this movie kind of like bittersweet in a completely different light um but in a similar way to like what we've been talking about recently with everything kind of in the me too movement and when you watch these movies now that at one point there was an ability to watch them without thinking about something but you watch like american beauty now and you're sort of like i can't watch this without thinking about the inevitability of what's happening in real life yeah and it makes this it makes this hard to take just to as a movie I even watched Sterling K. Brown's Emmy acceptance speech the yeah. other day again, and Spacey was nominated. And he's yeah. sitting there clapping and smiling, and it's, even then you're just kind of like, It's creepy. It's gross. Yeah, it's creepy. So, But <coughs> uh, obviously there's nothing about this that, that is that. It's just this is a case of the feel-bads when you watch it because it just makes you sad to imagine the potential. So um, moving on to production development, uh, we did spend time with Paul on the phone, obviously. So I think the most interesting thing about this really is, uh, is Alex Proyas. Yeah, yeah. I mean, before we get to let let's pros, let's just breeze to the writers just mm-hmm. so we can talk about it. So James O'Barr is the comic book writer. He's not notable for really any other comic books than this. This was a comic strip he developed. He uh, lost his wife to a drunk driving accident in 1978 and was so grief-stricken that he developed this character as a means to take to exact revenge. The Crow. That's, so that's kind of where the idea for The Crow comes from, is if you had this ability to come back from the dead and exact revenge on the people that killed you. Um, wow. Well, And so he developed this in the military, got out, and eventually this was obviously developed. The script, hilariously enough, is written by David J. Shao and John Shirley. And you'd think, because this movie is such a cult classic, that the guys that wrote it would have been like... Either they would have gone on to write great things, or they had come from great yeah, things. Yeah, exactly. And it's interesting. Schlau made a career out of writing horror sequels. He wrote Texas Chainsaw Massacre Three, a couple movies in the Critters franchise, including Critters Three, which is DiCaprio's screen debut. Uh, and then Shirley is largely a TV writer. Uh, the Crow <clears> and the <throat> stolen movie, The Specialist, and Back to Back Ears are his only feature film credits. Otherwise, it's like a bunch of like genre TV, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and right. stuff like that. That's an episode here, two episodes there. That's who wrote this movie. It's it's there's. There aren't people that wrote it that are, like, real feature film classic screenwriters. So, um, <clears throat> forgive my ignorance. Yeah. Because I, you know that I'm pretty ignorant when it comes to comic books. So, The Crow is obviously a comic book character. Uh-huh. And he cre- – so, did he, like, take the idea from the book and then kind of take it to another level? Or did he kind of, like, come up with this idea and then he found The Crow and he married the two? You're talking like, about Proyas? Uh, I'm talking about Barr. Uh, James O'Barr, he created The Crow. Sorry. Or, I mean, I'm sorry, Shao, uh, David Shao. Uh, I think they, they took certain elements from the comic book that had worked. Mm-hmm. There's a, the stuff with Brandon Lee's death was uh, difficult because there was several scenes in the movie they had to do where they CGI'd his face right. as best they could at the time. Um, but there's also scenes and characters that were cut entirely from the movies. There was a character called, the uh, I think, the, the Skull Cowboy. And he's basically the idea is that you have this power when you come back because of the crow and your connection to the afterlife um, to exact revenge on killers. But as soon, unless you're using your power against them, that you aren't inv- invulnerable, right? Okay. So like the in the movie they do it that when the crow gets shot or injured, yeah, yeah, exactly. he doesn't. He's not as powerful anymore. But it was supposed to be this character, the Skull Cowboy, was supposed to represent somebody who had used his powers for the wrong reasons and was, like, sort of doomed to walk the earth. Uh, okay. Uh, and that's kind of where he's supposed to find out where his powers come from. But they cut it entirely from the movie. And so there are elements from the book that they used, and there were elements that they didn't. Um, the 30 hours of pain that, you know, Shelley, his, his wife, in the film, that's actually supposed to be him uh those were his 30 hours and his pain. Oh wow. So they they changed it a little bit, but it's not like the Crow. This isn't like the, the, the situation like Sin City where it's like or 300 where like this is a beloved treasured work that if you know comics you've read it and now it's oh, excuse me, now it's a movie. The Crow mm-hmm. was like pretty fringe. It was right. like a pretty fringe comic book strip that you feel like you kind of knew if you knew, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a big deal. <laughs> So, since you just used the word perfectly numerous times, uh, we're in the middle of this. Actually, I'm going to do it right now before we get into Proyas. Um, you said fringe comic book movies. Yeah, yeah. And I just said that I'm very ignorant when it comes to comic book movies, so I looked up a list of movies that are based off comic books, but not like the ones that most people think of. There's right. a couple bigger ones in there, but I have my list of five, and I want you to kind of let me know what you think about them. Okay, sounds good. So I good. went from, uh, from number five to number one. The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Sean you, Connery. You like that movie. It's crazy. Who, who's the <laughs> co-star? Shane West. Yes. It's a very good movie. You know that I, I've told you that story before, that I like, hung out with him a bunch of times? No. When I was like 17, <clears> I first moved out here, and my hair was like down to my shoulders, and I was in acting school. Uh, he was a friend of a friend, and we went out a bunch of times, and I was like 17 going to bars, and Shane West was like just with us a lot. So I yeah. hung out with Shane West probably like a half dozen times. Then I recently interviewed him at like an ESPYs event like two years ago. And he like didn't remember me because 'cause I'm like a suit, my hair's short, I'm right. not seventeen anymore. Yes. Yeah, and like then 10 I was years. like, Yeah, our friend Kevin, he's like, Holy shit, man, we used to go to the dragonfly. I was like, Yeah, crazy. <laughs> dude, that's awesome. That's like it was like ten years ago. Cool good, yeah. cool guy? Yeah, really nice guy. Oh, that's great. Really, really good dude. Uh that's Lee was joining the channel Yeah. what do you think about that movie? You don't like it, do you? Uh, it's fine. It's it's, awesome. This is this is another comic book nerd moment. But there, Alan Moore, you know the name probably, yeah. wrote Watchmen and mm-hmm. some of the most famous comic books of all time. Widely considered the greatest comic book writer I ever live, had an imprint, uh, whole label that he came up with one time, like around like two thousand. He did it and he wrote like six original titles. The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen was one of them. Uh, top, top ten, Tom Strong. There was these some really good books in there. Promethea. Um, this one got made into a movie and. It's like, it should have been a really good movie, it could have been a really good movie, but Mm -hmm. it's just not. (laughs) It just misses the mark for me. It does. It's definitely a little bit silly, and as much as I enjoy it, it's it's definitely like a... a FX Saturday on in the background movie. Yeah, but the but the comic book was great, and I remember that's that's just kind of a bummer. Someone just said Ben's stories are the best. Oh, it's Richard. Ha <laughs> Remember the <laughs> count to ten one? The count to ten story is the greatest story of all time, and I don't know which episode we talk about it on. Maybe Arena or Richard can tell you guys. But the count to ten is the greatest story of all time. I found so. the video. The other oh day. yeah, it's on we my should, computer. Maybe we should put that on our Patreon. Probably not a good idea. Don't <laughs> we'll want lose that video. All of our friends. I like showed it to Roxy the other day. I was like, Have you seen this? And she she got about. T- maybe 20 seconds. And she's like, turn it off. It makes. She's like, it makes me physically ill. Oh. My eyes are like, they're gone. Well, I, they have like bright red circles like around them because I'm just so tired and so, dr- it's like <laughs> it's somebody on, it's somebody completely blacked out. Completely blacked out. like an out of body experience? But completely in the zone. Yeah. We're talking about three. This. Count to ten, count to ten. Uh, okay, <laughs> so my number four, my next movie, uh, which I don't know if you're going to see this coming, Mystery Men. You like Mystery Men? It's so fun, (laughs) dude. It's just like such a ridiculous movie. Um, It's it's stupid, but it's funny and it's it's interesting enough. It's got a great cast. It does have a great cast. I I remember like I remember like Bowler Girl. (sighs) Bowler Girl. We just quiz each other all when we talk now. Is she the? Is she the like the one that with the bowling ball? (laughs) Uh, Janine Garofalo. There you go. Good one. Good one. Greg Kinnear's in it. I think is one of the guys. He's the shovel. Or no, no. Greg Kinnear, yeah, he used, to be guys, the, no, he? he used to be the the hero of the city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, William H. Macy's the shoveler. That's right. That's uh, good. It's a good... The spleen. Uh, the spleen, awesome. that's it. Uh I just grew up watching it. It was stupid fun. Uh <laughs> the sphinx. What else you got? Um, v for Vendetta. A yeah, bigger one. which we did on the show pretty recently. She did. I just, I love that movie, and I didn't actually know it was based off comics uh, a yeah. comic book for the longest time. I know you you enjoyed it. Yes, is sweet. Um, I, I had never seen it until we did it on the show, uh, and I liked it a lot. I think that movie's great. Um, it's not, well, it's not great, but it's very good. I think that movie's very good. It's, it's another one of those movies that I feel like is remembered more for Natalie Portman shaving her head than anything else. Yeah, I mean it, it definitely did age a little bit, but it's still really good. I still really like it. And Hugo's just great. Hugo's amazing. I love Hugo Weaving. So I have two more and right. I know I know how you feel about one of them, so I'm just going to say it, road to perdition. Yes. I I'd no idea. So what comic? It's a uh, graphic novel, it's a short graphic novel. Oh, it's just, a, just about it's this just story. a single story. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, I knew that we did it on the show. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was relatively well known, but again, like not not one that was not like, have you read Mouse? Or right. like, have you read Watchmen? Like, it's, Road to Perdition was like, still pretty fringe. One of my favorite Newman roles ever. Just just incredible. brilliant. Newman, yeah, just amazing. Huge, huge fan. I'm just, as you're talking, I'm scrolling through this, this full list over here to see if I'm missing any that I want to no, no, add. No, no, it's fine. And then I my number one, and this is one that I really want to do on the show, Yeah, is Sin City. I really enjoy Sin City. The first Sin City's really good. And really? that movie... The first Sin City movie is really good. And I thought you didn't like it. No, I think it's great, and they did a great job adapting it. And that—that's not like we're talking about. That's a comic book that was, it was huge, very well. Yeah, loved. yeah, yeah. I just said it because I want us to do it. <laughs> yeah, that's like one of those ones where if you read comics, like <clears throat> Sin City was like that book where it was just like, oh man, like if you haven't read Sin City right that just like when Watchmen came out it was like oh, yes. you have, and everyone read Watchmen when it came out yeah exactly so that's my list of five do you have any that you want to throw in since you're kind of the comic book aficionado yeah yeah so the few that I'm gonna write oh yeah that's a good one um, the few that I wanted to talk about were number one Hellboy um, I, I like Hellboy yeah Hellboy yeah, Hellboy. yeah Hellboy's well <laughs> loved I mean I know a lot of people like that movie a lot and it's uh, it's everybody's you know everybody's watched Hellboy it's not like that's a fringe movie but yeah. some people forget that it's a comic book uh, yeah yeah for sure and I actually like the second one quite a bit as well i don't think it's really a whole lot worse than the first one the second one i'm gonna go with is gonna be kingsman kingsman and kingsman 2 those are both comic books oh yeah i love the kingsman movies. yeah those movies are great i feel like i feel like the world is has like a little bit less on board with those than we are i feel like we, you and i really really like those movies and like people kind of shit on the second one yeah they totally do because it wasn't like mind-blowing like the first one but it was still a very good movie it was still really entertaining everyone in it does a very good job like that's one of the ones that kind of bums me out, that people kind of shit on more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's because the first one is basically perfect. Uh, number <clears throat> number three I'll go with here will be Scott Pilgrim versus The World, um, which I need to watch that again. That's one with all the girlfriends, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I, there, there's so many fucking questions in the MTAs that come from that. This was one of my favorite comic books. This is this one of my five favorite comics I ever read. I, like, was completely obsessed with this comic. I had, uh, I think I've told this story on here before, but our buddy Max, Max Brockman, who's one of my best friends in high school, we wrote our own script for a comic book when we were, like, 19 called Super Best Friends. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was dumb, but we thought it was great. Yeah. And we went to Emerald City Comic Con in Seattle one year, and we were both huge Pilgrim fans, and Brian Lee O'Malley, the writer, was there. And we were like, hey, man, would you mind, uh, like, signing this book? Book. And he was like, "Okay." And I was like, "Do you draw sketches of people ever?" And he's like, "Sometimes, um, not usually." And we were like, "We're doing a comic book called Super Best Friends." And if you have any ability to do that, and he like did a sketch for us. Really? Because like, he was like, "Yeah, you guys seem pretty cool." And he did it. And then I dated this girl named something Hannah something for a minute. Uh, and Brittany Lee. And uh, sorry, Hannah. Sorry, Brittany. She, <laughs> she borrowed it, and I never got it back. What?
1: Yeah. Brittany <laughs> Lee. We will find you. We're coming,
0: Hannah. Um, is that your whole list? That's I just threw a few, and I uh, I wrote the Rocketeer because I feel like that's one that's kind of unsung. Yeah. That's not really our movie, but like it's I, a good. People one. love the Rocketeer. So back to Alex Proyas. Yep. Um, so <clears throat> this guy for me is just the creator of Dark City and The Crow, like two of the biggest cult classic movies ever. I know he's done other work. Yeah, th- I mean the movies you need to know if you know Alex Proyas are the two we just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, then he does uh, he does uh, I Robot in 04. He does knowing the, oh, yeah, the cage maybe with Jessica beale it looks like he has a bird cage on his head yeah, the whole really time sweet and I can see two and a half seconds yeah. in the future it's like the most useless no no, no 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 that's next oh yeah that's next yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's next yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah he's got that's the one next is the one where he's got the receding hairline of the long yeah, hair yeah. who's the girl in knowing because uh, Beale is next I don't I remember mean, knowing yeah. has like a weird twist at the end where it's like it's like Jesus Jesus uh aliens or something oh, I, I can't quite remember but he like if you go look at old promos of that time his hairstyle in the movie, it kind of looks like he just shaved off his sideburns and just left it on top. So it, like, it looks like a bird. It's bird's like a nest. a magneto helmet. And, uh, uh, and then finally, his last movie that he did uh, within the last two years was uh, Gods of Egypt. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, and the one that we missed in the middle there was iRobot, which is kind of yeah. like... Yep. People like iRobot. I, I like it. You haven't seen it? Never watched it. It's fine. Um, it, it's actually pretty good. Rose Bryn. Rose Bryn. Thank you, Irina, I believe. That's the girl in Knowing? I, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Unless that's something else. Um... Yeah, so that's Alex Proyas. It's weird. You think a guy like this would be able to just kind of work whenever because he has such a big cult following? And Gods of Egypt was, wasn't good, but it wasn't like the worst thing I've ever seen. You watched it? Isn't that the one with, uh, with uh, uh, our boy, Joel? Joel. Oh, no, is that Gods and Men? Which, one, which one's Gods and Men? Exodus, Gods, and Kings was Christian That's Bale and really Joel Edgerton. Right? That was from like two yeah. years ago also. Which is also okay. This is the like Gerard Butler, oh, Nikolai, yeah, Waldo, yeah. Koster. Yeah. No, I got to mix. up. This where all of the gods of Egypt were white dudes. Yeah, it's really bad. <laughs> yep, didn't see that one. <laughs> this movie was like, everybody was like, wow, you guys made that movie, huh? <laughs> Good for you. Yeah. Uh, all right, so <clears throat> moving on to Critical and Box Office, this is some... Interesting stuff. It was uh, released by Miramax. Uh, it cost twenty-three million dollars to make, and it was a. It was released in May of nineteen ninety-four on the thirteenth. It grossed about fifty-one million dollars domestically. It was not released worldwide, uh, which was kind of surprising. Yeah, you would think maybe it would because Brandon Lee. Brandon Lee, yeah, totally. Um, but even then, it was still. Uh, it still uh, was number one at the box office uh, at eleven million. And critically, this movie is loved, revered. I actually think that going back and looking at the critical scores, it's probably the biggest thing I disagree with because same, I can't get on board with it as much as I enjoyed the parts of this movie that I enjoyed, and as much as the things that I thought were great were great, influence should not result in this kind of score because ninety percent by the audience, even eighty-six by top critics, is like I can't watch this movie and be like, this is an eighty-six when some movies are like seventy-fives that I think are like better movies. Eighty-six is astronomically high; it's a really Um, high total. Yeah. It's it's just one of those things. It's like the, that's a all time classic. And while this movie is an all time classic, it's just not in the same sense. Um, like it's not in that sense. It's not in the Yeah, so that's I find, like, I like find it surprising. Seven point six is way closer to yeah, exactly, way closer to what I would assume this movie would get. Yeah, that's just what IMDb gave it. I'd and, give it right in that right in that low to mid sevens. Um, that would be, you know, my, my ranking on yeah. this movie. It's interesting. Do you, do you find it interesting that it's open at number one in May, like an early summer movie? I did. I did. And I almost pulled the other movies that it was up against cause I was kind of surprised. But, uh, again, I think maybe just cause of Brandon Lee and Alex Proyas at the time. They've tried making, uh, they made a sequel and there, there's another sequel. There's another remake of this in the works now with, you know, who is starring in the remake. No. Jason Momoa. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, I actually did know that. Um, Which is like, I'm just like, guys. I uh, I like Jason Momoa a lot, but Jason Momoa's strongest suit is the fact that he's really good at playing like arrogant, funny, and like br- like brute, brood- like a brute. Yeah, he's not that good at being like weird and eccentric. Yeah, I kind of have an issue with Jason Momoa. After, like, watching his panel of the Game of Thrones thing a few years ago and the comments he made, he's just kind of like a... I think he's just kind of a jackass. Really? Yeah, he made a comment about, like, why it's so awesome to be on Game of Thrones and yeah. you could, like, murder and rape beautiful women is, like, exactly what he said on the panel. And everyone just looked at him like... And it was just one of those things, I'm like, why would you even say that? And then going and watching uh, uh, Justice League, I just... I'm I'm over him. I liked him for a long time, but I'm over him. Um to clear this up, you can post the story on AMA. You can't post the video. I don't even think you have the video, but you can you can tell the story if you guys want. Um, Wish might does count. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Feel free to tell yeah, the story it's on the anniversary episode. It sounds like someone pulled it up. So, um, yes, getting into favorite line, favorite line, favorite line. Yes, um, the one that I went with is in the conversation that he's having with Ernie Hudson. Which, by the way, to me, the most absurd moment this entire movie is that Ernie Hudson like very quickly figures out that Eric Draven. Was this rock star guy, this right. musician rock star guy. And so he starts to do the like draw pictures on the face. It's very reminiscent of the, uh, oh, it's very reminiscent of the, uh, face being drawn on the picture in Mask of the Phantasm. But, uh, he's doing that and he's figuring out that Eric Draven is the crow. And he, like, sees him in the street, right? When he's got the guitar. Right. And they have like their interaction, but he's like, oh, you were dead, but you're alive now, but you're this creepy dude. So then, Eric Draven shows up to his apartment and he like turns around and he sees him in his apartment instead of being like, oh my God, what are you doing here? Get the fuck out of my apartment. Right, right. He's just like, he's like, don't don't sneak up on me. He's like, like, don't you ever do that to somebody, man. And it's like, that's not how people interact. Yeah, there was, there was a (laughs) lot of moments in this movie that was originally my thesis where people did not react Realistically, yeah. the things happening is like getting stabbed in the shoulder, getting stabbed in the hand, like someone pulling a gun on you, pouring gasoline all over your pawn shop, and all these things. But I, but I didn't because I, I let it go. But I like that he pops the beer for him. There was there was some really really interesting character choices that Brandon Lee makes as that character. Yeah, that some of them don't ring true, and others I think are really great. Like they they do a good job of talking about him about about making him feel like an actual real character, not like just this kind of idea of a comic book hero, but like like he's a real character. Like there's a line where she says, so what are you a clown or something? And he's like, sometimes. Yeah. You know, and like he's talking to him in the apartment and, and this is my favorite line. And he has the thing about I didn't realize in life you think some, you know, some moments are trivial or some moments are insignificant. And he's like, no, no moment is trivial. There are no trivial moments. Yeah. some line like that. That's like my favorite line because it's uh I just think it rings true with real life. It's like you never know if you ever if you've ever been in a moment and had that moment where you're like is this going to be a memory for me? You never know the weight of a situation. Am I going to remember this in some way when you're out with friends and you're like, oh, this is so fun. It's just another night. But, like, will this be the night that I remember for one reason? You know, am I going to meet somebody who I know for the rest of my life? Am I going to, you know, <laughs> <Right>. something? <laughs> who yeah. This person, yeah, exactly. And, yeah, I, I really like that line. I actually had that written down as well. Um, <laughs> mine's another laughing one because, like. <laughs> I legitimately laughed out loud. Like, you talked about it numerous times about Michael Wincott's comic timing. Yeah. And first of all, the dude, he's like, Ow, Tater, here's to you, buddy! Like, I laughed out loud at that because, like, that dude was just, like, so cracked out and wasted. It was hilarious. But then... Michael Wilcott responds with, we gotta just videotape this and play it back in slow motion. He's got such a unique voice. He really does. And that's why you gotta go watch Three Musketeers. It's even more pronounced in there and like like raspy and Do you know uh, where I knew Michael Wincott from, as well as other things, but the movie that I thought about was there was this like pretty overall bad Barry Levinson movie called What Just Happened? From like 2008, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, with De Niro, and it's a it's a like a story about like an Hollywood executive and like the power struggle in Hollywood, to like be a powerful executive and just the whole game of Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And uh, De Niro is like an executive, and his like brilliant artist who's like making this like artistic film is played by Michael Wincott. And so De Niro's constantly going to see the edit of the film, and like they're trying to cut out the ending to make it like le- you know more appealing to audiences. So the movie's right. successful, so he keeps his job. And Wincott is like this crazy, you know, like very committed. Like, I can't really remember the movie very well, but uh, Wincott's great in it. He crushes. Yeah, he's fucking great. I love that guy. I just feel like his career just was. I don't. I don't get it. Big fan of Michael Wincott. We should see if we can get him in here. I wonder if we could. That'd be awesome. I'll bet you he still works a lot. Bring him here for Three Musketeers. Yes. <laughs> we're not doing that movie. We gotta <laughs> do it. Uh, all right, guys. So we're gonna get into the next segment of the show, and that is going to be recast, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, we haven't done this in a little while, but uh, we we are running a little short on time, so we'll breeze through it just a little. Who do you have for your for your bylaying recast? Uh, I put Kara Develle. Do you mean Kara Dev Yeah, whatever. Enchantress, Kara Dev Um, yeah, I just think that she could like watching her play Enchantress, she can be creepy and weird, and she's pretty enough, and like, <laughs> like, because you know, because like, you don't want her to. I almost felt like Biling was like too sexualized yeah, in right. the movie and, yeah. I, and like I don't really want that in the new one I want yeah. it to be more weird on, on the phone, you and I were like, So, was there like a thing with like, she's a sister, or like, and I was like, you, you and I went back and forth for a couple minutes. I was like, Are you talking about Eric and Shelly? Because I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I was like, No, I don't think they're brother and sister. <laughs> Which, can anyone confirm or deny whether or not Biling and Michael Wincott are brother and sister in the movie? Because I, I thought they were. Maybe it was a weird line. Uh, who did you have as your Biling? Uh, I put Rihanna. I know it's like a cop out, but No, it's good. Yeah, but she, I mean, she's got some character. She's, you know, she's in movies uh, sometimes. She, she's not a great actress, but like, you don't really have to be in this to play that role, I don't think. I haven't seen rihanna both of them in uh valerian actually um i haven't seen rihanna turn on anything yet in a movie like yeah. she hasn't done it for me yet but she might i mean I, I wouldn't put it past her i don't know if i would go as far as call her a bad actress but i wouldn't call her a good one yet half sister um, daughter of his father so there's still some incestual incestual he's, things he's, going he's a villain. on villain it he is. he's a villain uh let's next go with uh with our ernie our ernie hudson michael our, pena yeah, Okay, solid. I yeah. love it. I just remember him and Observer Report's so good, but he obviously wouldn't be so dumb. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with uh, Ernie Hudson. Yeah, <laughs> totally. He can still do it. He's still working. I interviewed him two years ago at an SBS thing, uh, and he was fantastic. Yeah. I, big fan. I had a great time talking to him. He's super nice. Looks kind of exactly the same still. Yeah, he seems like he'd be an awesome dude. Uh, and I think he could just totally still do it. It doesn't feel like he's aged at all. So who do you have for uh, Michael Wincott? Uh, This is a cop-out, but I went with Tom Hardy. I just Ah. felt like Hardy... I don't know if you give him the same long hair, but I just feel like Hardy has it. I I would love to see Hardy with long hair. Hardy could do anything. Yeah. I mean... Uh, I put Tom Hiddleston. He, as much as I don't like... Him or I said I didn't like him. He's won me over. He does a good job with Loki, and I, he could probably just beat Loki in this movie. <laughs> it took you a little while to. It really uh, did. Yeah. Who did I write more... down first? Tom uh, Hilton. Tom Holland. Oh, Tom Holland. Yeah. yeah so. I don't know why I get them so mixed up. And who's your uh, Brandon who's Lee? Your Brandon Lee. I went with the Iko Uwais from The Raid. Oh, interesting. So there's some martial arts stuff going. Martial on Martial there. arts. There. He's you know he's Asian obviously, and uh, he's not as big. He's not like a huge celebrity. Even though yeah. Brandon Lee was like Brandon Lee, he wasn't like an A list no. movie star. So. Yeah, and it could be his crossover from, you know, making movies in Indonesia to America. Yeah. Um, I went with a much more whitewashed answer. Uh, Mine is JGL. Joseph (laughs) Gordon-Levitt. I I watched Looper again the other day, and I'd watch that guy do anything. Yeah, he's great. I I think that Joseph Gordon-Levitt, like, maybe it's a lazy pick on my part, but I feel like if they were going to make this movie, they would need, like, superstar power. Yeah, and he's, like... I mean, he is A-list, but he's like he's like art house A-list. He's like low A-list in that mm-hmm. sense. He, if you put him with a big cast, the movie would sell. If you put him as like this movie was with as the star and the rest of the cast as mostly like B character actors, the movie probably would be a flop because I yeah. don't think that Joseph Gordon-Levitt can lead an action movie right now. Um, but that's still going to be my cast because I, yeah. be, I think he'd be great at it. Yeah, I know there's not many or there's not much martial arts in the film, but I think if they were going to remake it, I think. Martial arts being infused with gunfighting is much more interesting than just gunfighting anymore. You saw the Raid, the American remake, who's doing it, right? No. Joe Carnahan directing with Ugh. our boy, Frank Grillo, starring? Yeah. I don't know, Sweet. man. I love Frank. I do love Frank, and I love Carnahan, but I just don't know. I'm grills. Just... We're going to have <sighs> Grills in studio one day. It's got to yeah, happen. We'll get Grillo in here one it's day. It's got to happen. He's a cool dude. Yeah, I like Grillo a lot. Um, um, all right, so there's three action movie categories that the uh, movies we cover fit into. It's Totally Ridiculous, Totally Legitimate, and Ridiculously Legit. Um, totally Ridiculous, that's going to be like, you know, Face Off. Demolition Man. Con Air. Silly movies really fall apart. Awesome. Hilariously Bad. But in an awesome way, um, totally legit. Movies like Lone Survivor and Gladiator and The Fugitive, um, whatever we covered last week, I think that was totally serious. Can't remember what. Why I can't remember anything to do um, anymore. No, Den of Thieves was not totally legit. A good movie, uh, <laughs> and uh, and then finally, the middle category, ridiculously legitimate, which is uh, you know silly but awesome, uh, held Rock. together by something really strong or a great performance or something, a great story, but with some pretty laughable moments. Um, you know, what are you going to do, man? I'm so curious. I'm going totally ridiculous. Are you? As much as I loved it, as much as all of the best parts stuck out to me is great. It's like in in the way that I hate Scarface for how 80s it is. Yeah. But Scarface gets talked about in the same sentence as The Godfather by people. Yeah, it's a bummer. I like this movie is not talked about by people. It's talked about as like a fringe influence movie. So I'm okay with it. I enjoy yeah. the like the <clears> bad <throat> parts to get to the good parts and you know, it has some awesome stuff but like I never quite, as, as a viewer today, was able to buy into like to everything. Or yeah, anything really. it, it all just was like almost, but not quite. And so the laughable parts were like very comic booky and laughable. So I'd put it in the ridiculous category. Yeah, I mean. Maybe I'm just playing devil's advocate, but I'm going to put it in the middle category just because it's like we're in this world. There's a crow. It's, you know, it just for all these things to be happening, you got to suspend your disbelief a a little bit. Right. And that like that's the point of movies and point of this type of movie. So while I completely agree with what you're saying and having a lot of hard, like a hard time grasping some of it. Yeah some of the rest of it like some of those lines with between him and Ernie and, right. and him and his girl and, and that was, was a little bit more heartfelt to me so I'm going to go middle category fair enough fair enough <laughs> that means there's only one last thing left to do on the show here that's going to be called <gasps> The Pitch <laughs> so uh, I believe what's going to happen full yes. disclosure to everybody involved we've got a crazy couple weeks coming up yeah I'm going to be in New York for a week and so Drew and I have to get in to do a pre-tape on an episode maybe two um, but in August Honor of Valentine's Day, we're gonna give you some romance in the form of true romance. Yes. Classic Tony Scott—he's back. It's so good. So I actually—I don't remember it that well, but I went and watched it last week. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's—it's it's really, really great. Everyone in it is fantastic, and um, I'm really excited to talk about it. So we've done five Tony Scott movies with Denzel. We've also done Top Gun. Um, that would ma- that would make this the seventh Tony Scott movie we've covered on the show. And I actually think we've covered another one. That I'm forgetting as well, um, though I don't have it like right in front of me. I think yeah. that he's going to be the most covered director we've ever... Him and Fuqua have the warring... So ridiculous. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I completely agree. Tony Scott is definitely the the, the MVP of the show. And yeah. so is Paul DiNuzzo, and so is Andrew Hayes, and so is everyone else in the Action Army that has been contributing to our Patreon, and just watching the show. If you can't contribute, we don't care. We love you guys anyway. Yeah, thank you guys so much for supporting. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at ben Bateman Media. You guys can find me in the same place, at Andrew Guy. You can find the uh, podcast Twitter at AMA Podcast, and of course the Facebook fan group where you can have awesome discussions either on the Action Movie Nightmare one or the Team Action one. And last but not least, guys, if you want to get that exclusive content, it's like one one video right now a week of about 20 minutes of behind the scenes I went live before the show with you. Try that out. Patreon.com slash Team Action. Just don't need a buck. $12 a year would get you an extra 52 videos a year of us talking about all kinds of different things. Sometimes action movies. Sometimes romance movies. Sometimes schmo down. Trailer reactions. All kinds of stuff. We just, you know, we need need a place to put that stuff and uh, it'd be helpful if you guys want to help us out there. So thanks for listening guys. Thanks for watching. We'll see you. Same time. Same place. Next week. Bye.